2: Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman of the Steel Curtain Network. That's right. New name. Got to get used to saying that. Welcome to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. And I'm glad you're joining me. Now, I do want to say something right out of the gate. like Before we even get started, before we talk about anything else, there's no Monday morning conversation today. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I know that a lot of fans have grown to really enjoy that segment. And in the off season, there's—I I try to minimize the amount of times I don't have someone on the show on Mondays. However, I feel like the exception is this weekend for me. Um, in case you don't read the website com, in which case I talked about this in a letter from the editor uh, on Sunday, and that is the fact that uh, we had a lo- we had a death in the family. I found out on Friday morning, and so I I go to the gym and work out before I go to work, and so I'm leaving the gym, and I look down at my phone, and even because I have my Do Not Disturb notifications on, and I have a text from my father saying that my uncle had passed away, and my uncle had been sick, and he had had, he's been battling cancer, but he actually had had some good days recently, and and we didn't, we were actually planning on going back to Wheeling, my hometown of Wheeling, West Virginia, and seeing him, Uh, but now it turns out that we're going back to pay our respects. And so due to the chaotic nature of everything from this new podcast network that's you know being started, we'll have some big news with that coming up, and then the death of my uncle, uh, I-, I wasn't able to secure anyone. I do have a couple people in line for upcoming weeks, but uh, t- this, today it's just going to be me. And so my apologies... Uh, I don't want to talk too much uh, about all that because I know it's Monday and we're all, you know, the day after the Super Bowl. So that's why it's just going to be me. And I also want to say, you know, this has nothing to do with my uncle passing away. I also want to say that I'm recording this podcast before the Super Bowl. Okay, I, I was not about to wait until later after the Super Bowl and talk about the game. I have no the game hasn't even played yet. You know, I, I sat down. And I was like, I want to record this. I want to get all my show together. I, I spent a lot of time on the show notes doing a, a full show by myself. Um, so don't, you're not going to hear any Super Bowl talk. We'll put it that way in this podcast. We are going to hear some Super Bowl talk in a way. However, it's not going to be about Super Bowl fifty-seven. It's going to be about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know, what? I've, I've talked about this. Talked about it last week. You know how, you know, when when will the Steelers be in an AFC Championship game again? And and outline that. I'm thinking about a Super Bowl, I'm reading Brian Davis's BTSC DeLoreans and he's going through every single Super Bowl appearance the Steelers have had in their franchise history and I was like, man, uh, I just kept on thinking a Super Bowl for the Steelers seems so far off. It seems so far away. Then I started to think about a comparison with one specific team and I said, well, maybe it doesn't. So that's the title of this podcast and we're going to dive into this and it's a Steelers Super Bowl seems far away or does it? So we all admit the rebuild is in progress. It is underway, and it's it's not done. It is not a complete product, but they are on their way. They still have a lot of hurdles to go over until it's considered a complete project, but still, the rebuild is in progress. And I said before last season it's two to three years until this team is a contender. I'm going to stand by that. Kenny Pickett played better than I expected as a rookie, especially considering the the lumps he took. That's, that's literal and figurative lumps uh, early in the season. But he he finished this the season strong, and so did the entire team. And so hope is high. Maybe that's more on the two-year range compared to three. We'll see. But the rebuild is in progress. And I did talk last week about how everyone needs to kind of back it up when it comes to the expectations with the Steelers team. I talked about the AFC Championship game, and you're thinking, well, maybe they should just get into the playoffs or maybe they should just win a playoff game. We can't be complacent with just winning records. And I, I stand by those things. But I think that when you talk about the Steelers in a Super Bowl, it's, it does seem like it's really a, on, in the far off distance. It, that there's no chance that, or no reason why we should be spending time on this. Well, if we spend time on it because the Super Bowl just happened, or it's about to happen in this case, because I'm recording it before the Super Bowl even takes place. But maybe it's not. So, what I thought was, I'm thinking about the current Steelers roster. I'm thinking about narratives surrounding that team, and I'm trying to think, okay, where's the comp? You think you hear about, you hear that all the time in NFL draft talk. Who's the comp? It doesn't matter what player position you know. You had people that said you know when Kenny Pickett was entering the NFL draft, his comp was someone like Kirk Cousins. And you're like, oh wow, Kirk Cousins really? Like that's I feel like that's bad. I feel like that is uh, that's somehow a, a really bad thing to say about someone. Almost like you're saying something negative. But that's a comp. That's a comparison. And so I was like, what what about this team? So I thought to myself, what about 2005? That's right, the Super Bowl 40 team, the team that you know. Barely got into the playoffs, the first sixth seed team to win a Super Bowl. They did it all on the road. We know the story. It was fantastic. If you lived it, you'll never forget it. Not for the rest of your life. You'll never forget that team. So I'm comparing them to a team that's pretty lofty when it comes to the standards. But that's where I went. I went to 2005 for a lot of reasons. Comparing them, not just what's going on with the team at the time or anything like that. I'm comparing rosters. I'm carrying the I'm I'm comparing the perception, the expectation, and I'm also going to take a look at in 2005 some like the free agents that were acquired, who they drafted that that had a significant role on that team, and, and that should probably lead to a little bit of a blueprint for this Steelers team entering 2023 on how they can be a legitimate contender next season. And yeah, that that seems very hasty. It seems like I'm putting the cart before the horse and I, I get it. But at the same time, I think that when you look into the actual logistics of everything, and that's what I'm going to lay out for you in this entire podcast, the logistics of everything you see, wow, maybe it's not as crazy as we think. So let's dive into this. Let's talk about the perception, the narratives, the way these teams were viewed entering that season. All right. So now we're talking about Basically, what were people saying about the 2005 team coming off of 2004, and what are the people saying about the 2023 team, although they haven't played yet, coming off of 2022? Yes, I realize that in 2023, the free agency period hasn't started, and the NFL draft hasn't taken place. There is a reason why we're talking about this. Let's get started with 2005. So when you go back to 2005, you have to remember in 2004, the Steelers were coming off of the AFC Championship game. They were 15-1, and one. Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year. He comes in, leads the team to the AFC Championship game at Heinz Field, and they lose to Tom Brady and the New England Patriots in a very deflating fashion when you think about how they lost and the interception, the pick six by Rodney Harrison just was ugly. Left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths, but that was that was the perception. Was man, this team was one step away. You look at the perception of this team coming up; it's not that. There is no comparison in this regard. The Steelers missed the playoffs. They finished strong. We'll talk about that, but th- th- there's nothing really to write home about in, in terms of wow. Thinking back to 2004, the Steelers have their guy. That's what everyone was saying about Ben Roethlisberger. The Big Ben era had begun. And while there's a lot of people that say the Kenny Pickett era has begun, it's not like it was then. And I understand maybe there's a, a little bit of sentiment here when it comes to when Roethlisberger stepped up and won all those games as a rookie. It was the, holy cow, maybe we have someone since Bradshaw. Bradshaw to Ben era was pretty ugly, pretty scarce in terms of quality quarterback play. And maybe now you talk about Pickett coming off of the Roethlisberger era. That's a little bit different. That's that's a little bit more difficult. You know, Ben Roethlisberger was coming in for Tommy Maddox and Cordell Stewart. He wasn't coming in for Kenny Pickett coming in for a legend that is Ben Roethlisberger. So think about it in that perspective. But the Steelers in 2023 didn't make the playoffs. They were close, finished with the winning record, but that's all they can hang their hat on. Okay, so the next thing that was discussed was in 2005, you've got the promise of this young quarterback. And yes, that was the year that Roethlisberger got into the motorcycle accident. That was the year that the, you know, not, it was, was not good. We'll put it that way. <laughs> but still, you know, you had the, man, that that big run that, that came one step shy of the Super Bowl, Ben's rookie year, phenomenal. It was Phenomenal. And everyone was so excited for 2005. The expectations were through the roof. Now, there's promise looking at Kenny Pickett entering the second year. I don't think the expectations, though, are through the roof. I, I honestly don't. I think that when people think about, okay, compare the the hype, compare the hype train surrounding Roethlisberger in 05 and Pickett in 2023, they're not even close. I mean, they're not even close. And again, you, you talk about the different eras, but Pickett has a large fan support base. Roethlisberger had the entire fan base. Everyone was on the Ben Roethlisberger train. If you, if there were people that doubted him, I never, I've never met him. I have never met an individual that in 2005 or even 2004 when they were going on their run said, I don't know about this Big Ben guy. It never happened. It did not happen. Now, there's people that say, I don't know about Kenny Pickett. So, But there is the promise, though, in 2023 of this young quarterback potentially being the guy for the Steelers franchise. Let's go to the next one. Think about the Steelers, the way they finished the season in 2004. Man, did they finish strong. They rattled off all those wins with Ben Roethlisberger at the helm, en route to a 15-1 finish, regular season finish. And in 2023, they too finished the season strong, winning seven of their last nine, four in a row. They finished the season strong. So the regardless of 4 losing in the AFC Championship game in 2022, not making the playoffs – They finished both seasons extremely strong. And I think that based on that, everyone, the fans, that is, are hoping that that's going to catapult them, leapfrog them, be a stepping stone for them moving into the next season. That's the hope, at least. Both had a strong finish. Next, you had strong veteran leadership on both teams. Strong veteran leadership. Um, But in 05, man, the, the veterans, you could just list them off whether it was Jerome Bettis, James Ferrier, Joey Porter, you had Aaron Smith, you know, all these guys, all these guys. You didn't need Ben Roethlisberger to be a leader. Now, you fast-forward to this year, 2023, there's leadership there. I don't want you to think that Cam Hayward's not a good leader. He is. I don't want you to think that TJ Watt doesn't lead that team and be a spark. He he is. He does. However, it, it, there's they're missing some pieces of that leadership puzzle. When you needed Kenny Pickett, of all people in 2022 as a rookie to be the guy on the offensive side of the ball that says, hey, we need to study more. We need to focus on our, you know, the P's and Q's of practice. We need to be more detailed in our work. I think about what that says about the leadership of the team. So the hope is I think everyone has clung to Kenny Pickett as the leader on the offensive side of the ball moving into next season, along with Najee Harris, hopefully Pat Fryermouth as well, and players on the offensive line, Mason Cole, James Daniels, etc. Not even close to the leadership of 05, though. They both have good leadership. At 05, the leadership was so deep. And I would say that this upcoming season even, it's kind of questionable. There's leadership. But will it be good enough? Will it be one of those foundational pieces type leadership? Because that's what good leadership is. I mean, it's so good that people just kind of build off of it. That's what you want to see. We want to make sure that that, that's the type of leadership. So we will see how that goes for this upcoming season. But when you compare those two, it's difficult to put any team in Steelers history outside of the 70s dynasty up against those early 2000s when it comes to leadership. Now, when you want to talk about equals, I would say that both 05 and 2023, you talk about the coach, you talk about a veteran coach who's been through it, They've had struggles. They've seen success. The only difference is is that Bill Cowher, at that stage in his career, had never won a Super Bowl. He had been to a Super Bowl in Super Bowl 30 in 1995, but they lost to Dallas. And that was early in his career, and he never got back until 2005. Mike Tomlin, in his short – well, it's not short – tenure anymore, but even early in his career, he won Super Bowl forty-three, got the team back to Super Bowl forty-five, and he has struggled mightily since. So there is, though, a good veteran coach that is there. You want to talk about coaching staffs, it's a little bit different. You're talking about in 05, you have a very good coaching staff with the offense and the play callers. I believe it was Mike Malarkey. It might have been Ken Wisenhunt at the time in 05. I have to double check on that. But in terms of the defensive coaching staff in 05 with Dick LeBeau being there. It was just a great coaching staff. And I wouldn't say that, that in that in that case, you look at the overall coaching staff, 05 was better. But from a head coaching perspective, I like both of these coaches. Now, the last thing before we take a break. You look at in 05, they had a strong returning roster. We're going to talk about the rosters coming up after the break. But they both had strong returning rosters, meaning they had they lost some players. I mean, two, oh, in 04, that was the last year of Plexiglas Burris of his First rookie career of his rookie contract. So they lost Plexaco Burris in free agency. And so they did lose players after 04. However, they had a good nucleus returning. And you look at 2023, they do have a good nucleus returning, especially on offense. If they want to run that offense back, they can. The only player that could be missing is Zach Gentry. So keep that in mind. And so when I'm looking at these, I actually have them in my show notes 05 to 2023. There are areas where 05 completely blows 2023 out of the water, but there's more comparisons than I thought there were. Whether it's the second-year quarterback, the promise of that, whether it's finishing the previous season strong, the leadership on the team, having a good veteran head coach and a strong returning roster. Will it equate to the playoffs next year for 2023? I don't know. Will it equate to a playoff win? There's a lot of things that have to happen. We're going to dive headfirst into the rosters and take a look at 05, rookies and free agents that came in and helped them get over that hurdle, that final one for the thumb. We'll talk about that right after this break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring
0: laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh
1: ah sorry we were looking for chumba casino that's right chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary 18 plus
0: terms and conditions apply see website for details it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash
2: Steeler fans welcome back second half of the Monday show again no Monday morning conversation my apologies but we are going to keep pressing on we're going to talk about this comparison of the 05 Steelers to the 2023 team see what we can figure out here what this upcoming team needs to do in the offseason but let's go and talk about the rosters first when you go back and take a look at the 05 roster I mean it's tough to compare this is a Super Bowl winning roster here people let's keep that in mind you know you had quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. You had Jerome Bettis, Willie Parker as your running backs. Uh, you had Heinz Ward and Antoine Randlewell were your primary wide receivers. Heath Miller, uh, rookie at tight end. Your, here was your offensive line. Marvell Smith at left tackle. Alan Fanica at left guard. Jeff Hardings at center. Kendall Simmons at right guard. And Max Starks, who was in his second year. He was drafted no four with Ben. That was your starting offensive line. Pretty solid, right? Not Crazy talented, though. I mean, they had the good running game with the bus and fast Willie Parker. They had this quarterback that did enough to to make plays. And ben Roethlisberger that year, he he uh, finished with two thousand three hundred eighty five yards, seventeen touchdowns, nine interceptions. So he didn't set the world on fire or anything like that. But he was good enough, made the plays necessary. They were a running football team for sure. And then when you look at the offensive line. Yeah, Alan Faneke is a Hall of Famer. You can't take anything away from that. Other than that, it was just kind of like pieced together. Now, you go to the defensive side of the ball. Well, that's different. If you go to the defensive side of the ball, and this is where you're talking about a legendary defense in Pittsburgh Steelers history. I mean, you have Aaron Smith and Casey Hampton. You have Kimo Von Olhoff and the outside linebackers Clark Hagen's and Joey Porter. You had James Ferrier and Larry Foote on the inside. You had Ike Taylor on the outside at cornerback to Shea Townsend. Troy Polamalu, Chris Hope, Brian McFadden was a a rookie on that team. Just a really good defense. A really solid, well-put-together defensive unit. That 05 team was built on that defense. And that holds true to Super Bowl 43 as well. And it was a team that they thrived on the defensive side of the football. Essentially saying, look, offense, we don't need you to do everything right now. What we need you to do is to not turn it over run that rock to give us a break from time to time and then put points on the board. I mean, sound familiar. (laughs) Does that sound like a recipe for success that we've seen recently? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was. So, uh, that's what the Steelers did in the second half of the season in 2022. Let's, let's compare. And this is tough again to the team that the Steelers just had in 2022. You look at offense, Kenny Pickett at quarterback, Najee Harrison, Jalen Warren at running back. You had George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, at wide receiver, Pat Fryermuth, Connor Hayward, Zach Gentry, at tight end, the offensive line, we know what it is from left to right, you're talking about Dan Moore, Kevin Dotson, um, Mason Cole, James Daniels, and Chuk for on the right side, and you had Derek Watt at fullback, if you want to throw that in there, but ultimately, like that's not a bad offense, and again, they can run it back, this season, if they want, not sure they're going to, they might upgrade on the offensive line, they might upgrade maybe a tight end. If Zach Gentry leaves in free agency, they could add a wide receiver. And they have options, but that's a pretty good core nucleus on the offensive side of the ball. And they've spent a lot of high draft picks on that offense in the last two seasons in particular, in the last two drafts. And you go to the defensive side, and this is where it gets a little lean for the 2022 and going into the 2023 Steelers. I mean, you're talking about you have Cam Hayward. We don't know about Larry Ogunjobi. If he comes back, that helps bolster that defensive front. But otherwise, you're talking about Isaiah Loudermilk, DeMarvin Leal, remember Tyson Alawalu, Chris Wormley are free agents. I talked all about the free agents on last Friday's show, so go check that out if you uh, haven't. Um, But on the tight ends, you know, you do have – I'm sorry, not tight ends, the the defensive front. On the back end, you have Minka Fitzpatrick. Who's going to be next to him? Demonte Casey, free agent. Terrell Edmonds, free agent. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out cornerback, Cam Sutton, arguably your best cornerback in 2022. He's a free agent. No guarantee he'll be back. And so now you're sitting around looking like, well, what What exactly do we have? Well, you have a good pass rushing duo in Alex Highsmith coming off a 14 and a half sack season and a defensive player of the year in 2021 in TJ Watt, who is still pretty damn good if I'm being honest about TJ Watt. Yes, he got hurt last season. His numbers were not what we all expected based on him missing the majority of the first half but he's still really, really good at the game of football. So the defensive side is going to need some help. You talk about inside linebackers, and who knows? Who knows? Is it Mark Robinson? Is Miles Jack back? I don't think Devin Bush is back. Uh, Who is it? We don't know. No clue. So what I decided was, when you look at some of these issues that the Steelers have, especially on defense heading into 2023, I went back and I just looked at some of the players that, maybe not were acquired just before that season. Now, there were some of these free agents were picked up prior to the 2025 – or 20, 2005 season, but not all of them. So when you think about Cedric Wilson, wide receiver, he didn't start. He wasn't a starter, but he played significant snaps. He made big plays. Uh, the most notable play was in that Cincinnati wild card game where he caught the pass. Uh it looked like it was going to Heinz Ward, but he catches the pass. I think that was on a – it might have been – was it Randall? Elf? No, it was a toss-back. It was that toss-back play where Ben hits uh, Cedric Wilson for the touchdown. He did make plays. He did make plays. You look at Kimo Von Ohlhoff, and I mentioned him. That's a free agent pickup that, that paid dividends for this team. You talk about Deuce Staley didn't really play a whole lot, but he, in terms of overall looking at that team – he did have a role, even if it was nothing more than just being veteran leadership and someone that's been there, done that in his time in Philadelphia and his time in Pittsburgh. Uh, you talk about you know Jeff Harding's, the center. Okay, they got him from Detroit, and I, I didn't even realize this that he was actually a guard. He had never really played center before, and they kind of converted him to center. So the the point of this, and I am going to look at the rookies here in a second, is that the Steelers this off season we're talking about coming up into twenty twenty three. They are going to have to be able to make smart, educated decisions. I've said this a bunch this offseason already. You think at the look at these players that I'm talking about Cedric Wilson, Kimo von Ohoffen, Jeff Hardings. None of them broke the bank, none of them did. They filled basic needs and glaring holes with veterans that can get the job done. Veterans that are those wily veterans at their position that can still, even though they're not expected to be all pros, they're going to give you really good performances. So when I think about Jeff Hardings, I think about a mainstay at center. That's that's fine. I think about Kimo von Olhoffen, mainstay on that defensive front. Cedric Wilson played his role to a T. Then you look at the rookie class. I mean, the, the players that, not going to name the whole class, but the players that contributed, you had Heath Miller, first-round pick. You had Bryant McFadden. He contributed. Nate Washington was a rookie that year. He contributed. And Trey Essex eventually developed into someone who's very versatile on the offensive line. So you see the recipe there, too. You found players that can come in and contribute early in that season, and it complemented everything else that you were trying to do. So what does this tell us about 2023? It tells me That when I look at the rosters, while the defense needs some help, if they make a few signings, the holes that they have are less glaring. And when I say a few signings, I'm talking about if they can sign uh, Terrell Edmonds, Larry Ogunjobi, figure out a way to keep Cam Sutton. If you keep those three players and then you save enough money or create enough space to go out and get a couple of those type of players I just mentioned, a Cedric Wilson type as a wide receiver, something I've been saying the Steelers need to do this off is to go out and get a veteran wide receiver. You go get a Kimo von Olhoffen along the defensive front, and no, that's not Tyson Alawalu. Kimo von Olhoffen, well, I'm talking. You can find a guy that's a veteran, but not aging and not to the point nearing retirement. You go get a Jeff Hardings if you need, and that helps fill one of those gaps along the offensive line. You can do that. The Steelers can do that. Omar Khan is smart enough to be able to structure contracts, to redo contracts if necessary, to create space by cutting players. They are capable of doing that. And then when you talk about the NFL draft, that's when, after free agency, you've checked a lot of those boxes, and then you can target the best players available that can come in and help you from day one. I mean, think back to this last rookie class, 2022 class, you had Kenny Pickett, George Pickens, DeMarvin Liao, Connor Hayward, undrafted Jalen Warren, and even Mark Robinson to an extent. They all had a role to fill, and they did it. If the Steelers can have that type of offseason, I'm not here to tell you that they're going to be in the Super Bowl next year, but I feel like they will be more of a contender than they are a pretender. And if they do that, they will be on their way to getting that rebuild, meaning what did we all talk about? Last season, everyone said, how how long is it going to take until this team is an actual Super Bowl contender? And I think that that two to three years could be shortened if they can have an offseason like this. However, if they don't create the space, if they keep players on the roster that have inflated contracts, that aren't playing up to snuff, if they go out and get – players that just leave a nasty taste in your mouth and they never pan out in free agency. We're talking about your LeGarrette Blunts, we're talking about your Ladarius Greens, we're talking about your Morgan Burnetts. Uh, all those type of players, it's going to set the rebuild back. But if they go out and hit on some of those free agents, find a draft class that is equal to or close to equal to the type of players that are participate that participated as rookies in 2022, this team could be really, really good. They could be really, really good. So what does this all add up to? It adds up to the fact that the Pittsburgh Steelers are a team that is entering an offseason that is a critical juncture. I said that last season. If you listen enough to me, you're saying, oh, Jeff, didn't you say that last year? Critical juncture? Yeah, but it was different. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger retired. Which way are they going to go a quarterback? What's the offense going to look like? Matt Canada, blah, 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 all that stuff. Well, we've gone down that path, and now we're at another crossroads. So they they were able to progress through the first light, we'll put it that way, of, the, uh, of the, the, the first juncture, and they passed it. I think they passed it successfully. Yes, you are still on the right path. They're at another point. If they can get through this one, they can get through this stop sign, moving in the right way. It's going to equate to a lot of good stuff happening for sure. And I mean being a contender. There you go. All right. That does it for me. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast. Again, I'm sorry about not having a Monday morning conversation. Those will be back next week for sure. In the meantime, make sure you look out for that tweet on Tuesday. Uh, I'll be putting that out Tuesday morning. You can follow me on Twitter at Jay Hartman, H A R T M A N underscore P I T. And I will talk all about all the stuff going on and any questions you might have with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll recap that Super Bowl on Wednesday for sure. And. Hey, I just want to say one last thing. Uh, my uncle was a big Steeler fan. Uh, I know he's probably he's probably very pleased with what's happening uh, with the team. I know he loved uh, the the direction of the team as of last season. So uh, this show goes out to him, Uncle Bob. Uh, until we meet again, I'll miss you. All right, folks, that does it for me. You know we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great rest of the day. Good start to your week. See you all next. Good